welcome to the Car Sim and Race Driver Show, presented by Hugh Hattrick. Drive fast and try not to crash. You rarely see, you might see an arm, you might see a leg, you might see him passing by. It is, of course, <laughs> Jeff Kogloff. Good evening, Jeff. Good evening, good evening, Hugh, and uh, anyone watching, uh, thanks for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. Very welcome. Now, to everyone who's watching tonight, um, make sure you ask plenty of questions. Just write them in the comments and we'll do our best um, to ask Jeff um, the, the questions that you got for him. I've also got a, a number of questions here. And I'm sure Thea's watching in the background to be taking your answers. But uh, <laughs> we'll see, I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be absolutely fine. No problem at all. So <laughs> the, <laughs> the, first, the first question we have for you tonight is how did you start sim racing? Because we believe you're a good sim racer yourself. And uh, that's who Thea was. You kind of introduced Thea to it, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, but, yeah. Um, uh, I know the basics, I guess. So um, I guess for me, uh, my introduction to sim racing, uh, I guess, I mean, I, I talked about this once on uh, my stream long ago. I think it probably started with Gran Turismo 2. Uh, -huh. uh it was in, it was it was kind of obviously you know I, I wasn't doing anything like pc sim racing back in the day but certainly mm -hmm. gran turismo 2 and um what's when was gran turismo 2 i think it was 2000 1999 yeah around that and i would have been around sort of a uh, 16 17 uh -huh. um and i was really into it and i had the uh, logitech gt pro wheel i think it was that had the sequential shifter on the side of the wheel and stuff and oh, uh, really great and that was uh licensed for the game a bit like what they do nowadays with the the GT Force, uh, and that was a that was a great fun. I really enjoyed that. You know, when you had the wheel on your lap, kind of stuff, and you're balancing it, all that sort of thing. Uh, and I used to love that. So I think that was kind of the was the start for me, really. Um, but then there was a big hiatus in the middle, really. Um, and then last year, well, we're coming up to the end of uh, 2020 now, aren't we? But last yeah. year, I uh, started getting back into it again. I'd been watching uh, YouTubers sim racing for quite a few years, Jimmy, Super GT, people like that. Uh, kind of living vicariously, as it were, and, and watching them do it. And um, I, I decided in the end to get back into it. So I got a, a you know Logitech wheel. Uh, I think you've got Logitech at the moment. Yeah, I've got a G29. There go. Yep, there yeah, we G go. So yeah, I bought a, a G920 because all I had was an Xbox, and I was playing. I, I quickly found out that Project Cars 2 was the only kind of sim, really, on uh -huh. the Xbox. So I yeah. uh, started playing a bit of that and uh, started playing uh, one or two leagues. because I was trying to find out, you know, how to get into some proper racing because, you know, online lobbies are a bit of a mess. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. tried to find some leagues, found one or two, had some really uh, fun, exciting races, getting involved. And that was kind of, you know, that lit the fire for me. Uh, and then eventually I built my PC uh, at Christmas and haven't looked back, really. Wow. Um, it was funny today because I was watching your stream yesterday um, when uh, Thea was doing the uh, GT4 racing at, I think it was Misano um, yesterday, last night. Yeah, um, the pet drive, yeah. Yeah, and uh, she did a 137, mid-137. And I thought, right, I'll try because I couldn't, I, I, could, I did get my ACC to work on my PC, which is the first. Thanks to all the chat advice last night, I managed to download the right software. And then when I tried Excellent. it, it buffered. It wasn't even going in real time. When I turned the wheel, it would turn about five seconds later. So I thought, mm. oh, there's something definitely not right. So I did put everything on low, but it still didn't quite um, work in terms of all the settings. So I thought, right, I'll go back to PS4 and have a go on that. Um, and uh, and that worked, and that was great fun. So I got onto Misano, and I thought, well, I've done a 137. I thought, that's fantastic. I've, I've beaten Thea. Uh, and, uh, you know, after only about two hours of practice. Mm. Um, and then I realized I was in a GT3 class, and, of course, she was in a GT4. So I thought, I've got about another nine seconds to go at least. Um, yeah, get, yeah, a little bit, little bit more work there. Uh, I guess yeah. more than built in a day. Hey, Hugh. So um, <laughs> I, I don't know how much uh, PC sim racing you've done in recent years, but it's definitely a step up in fidelity and, and skill. Yeah. So, yeah, it's quite hard. To be, to be fair, I've only done really GT sports. Um, I do there have some yeah. PC, but it's not. I'll need to get a proper PC sorted out um, to get that all working. But it shows how good Thea is because, you know, she's able to do very, very good times. So you had started at the end of, or kind of at the end of last year, early this year, when you built your, your PC. Um, and uh, and then was it just a matter of that Thea kind of came out, you know, saw you do it and wanted to have a go as well and you thought, right, you'll give her a hand or that kind of thing? No, no. Uh, actually, I kind of forced her. Um, you know, she was she was like, no, 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 and I was like, no, you must drive, you must drive. So like, stop it! I was like, one more lap, one more lap. 
and eventually she broke and uh, decided she loved sim racing and never looked back. Um, that's part of the story. Uh, the other part is that she did try bits kind of, you know, last year at the Xbox and she'd have a go here and there, never really got into it. Um, and then this year she watched the 12 hours of Barthurst race, which is one of the last motorsport events that we had. Uh, just at the end of January, that's the 12 hours, obviously, in Australia. Uh, and she really loved watching that with me. Uh, obviously, it's a crazy race and crazy track. Yeah. And uh, I kind of said, well, you know, I've, I've got that kind of experience available right now on ACC. We've got Bar First and GT3. So, and also, wow. I know how good ACC is uh, on a good, on a strong PC. The experience is quite incredible. Best, yeah. best sim by far. Um, you know, you can argue about how accurate it is and so on. All I know is it's definitely the most fun. Yeah, um, yeah. When you really get into a race and you're at pace, it's it's really thrilling. So I figured that with the right game, it wouldn't be too hard. And lo and behold, she played ACC and very quickly loved it. And then, you know, she'd always, always, always talked about having something to stream. And I figured this would be a, a great thing for her. Um, mm -hmm. Tear was obviously unsure because she thought who would want to see someone, you know, who isn't the fastest. But obviously, I think it's more about seeing uh, how she's improved and watching that journey. You know, she does want to get really fast. But yeah. at the beginning, she was, you know, going, you know, probably 10 seconds slower than you are now. Right. And mm -hmm. and she just put herself to it constantly over seven months and has, has done incredibly. Uh, and is now, you know, kind of faster than me a lot of the time. So there you go. Didn't take <laughs> a long. Now, that's the thing. So how do you find, I mean, you're kind of what's your, obviously you were saying that your ACC is now one of your favourite games. Do you have mm -hmm. other racing games that also stack up? I mean, Thea does lots of different racing games, like Dirt <laughs> Rally and things like that. Do you play those ones as well? Yeah, she does like five or six a week sometimes. Um, I I I did a little bit of iRacing before, but eh, yeah, iRacing is not so much for me, I guess, in the end. Um, you really do have to put the long hours into it and yeah. Uh, I don't like the fact with iRacing, you can't really drive the cars over the edge. You just have to drive near the edge, and that's it. Uh, so not yeah. so exciting. But obviously, the online aspect and league aspect of it is is, is the best. So a lot of people are drawn to that. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I do like the rally a lot. So Dirt Rally, I enjoy a lot. I streamed some of that today. Uh, I actually was uh, leading the term. He's on uh, Back to the 80s Cup on All right. uh, the first stage. And then I binned it on the second one, Terminal Damage. So never mind. <laughs> uh, so I do enjoy rally game. Um what other sims uh, i like the i mean one of the things i enjoyed about pc2 project car 2 was the variety yeah and yeah. uh ams2 automobilista 2 is kind of meant to do that it's the latest version if you like of project cars and i do like the variety sometimes in racing but it you'll find with that it's hard to really have a proper race or you know anything like that people stick to the stuff they know most and that's where you get the most yeah. kind of proper races so yeah, you end up doing a lot of GT3 racing, really. Uh, and ACC, I think, is definitely the standout sim for me at the moment by far. Yeah, I mean, even just for me playing that from, you know, Grand Turismo and then going on to ACC on the PS4, it is, but the, the first thing you notice is the noise. The engine noise is oh, realistic. Oh, I mean, it's brilliant, it's better, you have to turn it up so you can, although to be fair... Have you got so, your headphones? Are you in the headphones with that one here? Um, I haven't done that yet, to be fair. Oh, I'll get it in your headphones, bang it up. That's incredible, um, yeah. But um, but yeah, so and, and so and also you get the squeaks when you brake. Everything squeaks, and that's what you you see on the on on board when you're watching proper GT3 racing, isn't it? You'll hear the cars kind of uh, squeal a little bit as they brake, um, and so all of that, and the the sound of the gravel going through if you're on if you go wide on a corner, all of that seems to be much more detail um, yeah. and great fun, you know. And I think that's that gives it. Um, also, it feels quite. Kind of you know you can roll the car through certain corners. Well, I think in GT Sport it's harder to do that. It's much more like with GT Sport. Just you just arrive and drive. Well, yeah, more yeah, I don't I don't know too much about the GT Sport physics in reality. Um, I think obviously for a number of reasons there tends to be less physics going on. So obviously a, a console has less computing power than a, a PC invariably. Um, so there'll be probably less physics going on, less calculations on the tires, on the suspension and things like that, on the body and the physics and, and G-forces. So there'll be less of that being calculated. Of course, ACC is a more focused game, you yeah. know, focused on GT3 cars and perfected the GT3 car. And in reality, they only had one car to kind of work with in different ways for the different, you know, ones in the series. So yeah. probably quite easy then in that respect. And also, if you look at the, the passion of the developers at ACC, people like Aris and some of the others at Kunos, yeah. Um, you know, they, they love GT3 racing. They're at the track all the time. Aris is yeah. at the Nürburgring lapping in his little MX-5 and so on and, and getting in GT cars sometimes and, and being in the car and wanting to replicate that, right? And yeah. being focused on that one thing. So I think that allows them to get closer to it. And yeah, I remember the first time I played ACC on my PC, I was 
I was kind of surprised at how good it was because I've been playing Project Cars on the Xbox. I've got a One X and I've got a big TV and, you know, I had it all. It was quite good. And then I played a set of course a competition on my PC and I, I couldn't believe what I was doing. I see it on a PC screen, so I've got a higher refresh rate yeah. and, and everything. And I was just, I was kind of surprised at how good it was. I was like, wow, this is, you know. And even now, most PCs kind of struggle to run it fast, which is always a good sign. You know, it's quite future proof. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. 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 Now I've got a lot of work to do to get my. I have to get a new computer and get it all sorted out because oh, when yeah. I see it all working, and I'm going to get an Elgato streaming thing as well, so I can um, do it properly. And and at the moment, I tend to broadcast from my PS4 directly, which, to be fair, has done a reasonable job. Um, uh -huh. But uh, I have a PSN of Fat Man and a cheap sim. Um, You've got to so, start somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was. It was quite. It's quite fun, and we do that on a Monday night. Um, which is always uh, always good fun um, and and that kind of thing. So we've talked about favourite games um, mm -hmm. and uh, how about best tracks and car combinations? What would be your pick for your favourite? Hmm. Um, I think it would have to be the uh, was it the group? Um, what are they called? Is it the Group C um, 90s GT cars? You know the Minolta oh, yeah. Toyota and stuff like that and the Mazda um, oh, yeah. at Trial Mountain. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't beat that. Trial Mountain <laughs> is the best track ever. Uh, I mean, that's one of the things I love about Gran Turismo Sport, to be fair. I mean, everyone goes on and on about, you know, oh, laser scanning real tracks and so on, and all the money it costs to license them. Why yeah. don't you just make your own perfect, incredible ones for free? Yeah. You know, and, and have any layout you want and, you know, incredible landscapes and stuff that you couldn't really have in reality. So I'm all for that in Gran Turismo. Um, yeah. And obviously, Trial Mountain is one of those. But I guess... Fantasy aside, uh, if we bring it back to real life a bit, um, I mean, you know, I like, you know, short cars on short tracks. So the uh, Red Bull Ring inner track, uh, I like to use the inner track of Red Bull Ring. It's quite a oh, short yeah. circuit. It uses just, yeah. it cuts it in half, really. It's already a short circuit. And yeah. anything front wheel drive, like the TCR, um, Audi Cup, or even, you know, slurring that front wheel drive cars that you get, um, you know, up to 150 horsepower, around yeah. there with lift off oversteer is a lot of fun. And then yeah. you start building up to, I guess, you know, the best GT3 combos, really, uh, mm. because of the ACC that I've been playing. And yeah. uh, I, I think for me that the best tracks there are, are probably things like, uh, I do love Silverstone in GT3. Uh -huh. I think there's a yeah. nice challenge, a balance between, you know, grip and a little bit of drift there on high-speed turns. And uh, I guess, uh, I, I hate to say it, but I think... Um, Barthurst is another good example because of the walls and the excitement. You can get away with it in a GT car; they're not so fragile. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, uh, and then I think, as, as Ter showed the other day, um, open wheel cars at uh, Suzuka, really F3, F1 at Suzuka yeah. with all the flows. Uh, you can't yeah, really beat it, fun. can you? Really. So I think if you're looking at combos, that's the kind of thing I'll be looking for. Yeah. Now we've got our first question for yeah. you. This is the, the first, from Keith will own you. Um, oh, hello, Keith. Keith. Keith says, who is faster, Jeff or Thea? It's the obvious question, isn't it? It's the obvious question. <laughs> um, <clears throat> how do I answer this one? Well, I mean, you know, I've got to make sure I wake up in the morning. So um, <laughs> I, uh, uh, who's faster? It's, it's a tough one. Uh, I think, I mean, when we did the 12 hours of Silverstone endurance race together. Mm -hmm. And I think you were kind of faster, no, Thea? I think you were pretty much faster than me at Silverstone. So, yeah, uh, on the rally, I'd have to say, to be honest, she's probably faster than me on the rally at the moment. Um, yeah, you, you pretty much have been. All your PBs are better than mine now. Uh, on certain tracks I've seen her recently, I know she's really pushing hot, hot times. And she's only, you know, like a second and a half, two seconds off the aliens. And I know it takes me a long time to get to that. So I'd have to say Tear is faster at the moment. Um, I've got loads of excuses ready if you want them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I work on that a lot. While she's in the rig, I work on those. And uh, yeah, that's, that's the thing. She's stolen uh, my rig, Hugh. It's been an absolute hijacking. Uh, I used to use it, and now she just uses it for streaming every day, so I never see it. Um, it's the easy answer. But no, she's she's more consistent than me. She's learning a lot. Uh, she's putting in the time, uh, so she's probably faster. Yeah. I mean, I suppose at the end of the day, if she's doing it five or six times a week, um, with all the different streams that that she, that she does, um, then that that does give her a lot of practice. But it's great mm -hmm. to watch, though, um, and the fact that you've kind of helped her start 
um, is a great thing too. And, uh, you know, and she really enjoys it. And she has a unique selling point um, for her stream. You know, and so she's funny. Um, she's interesting with, with that. And as well, because you're there, especially when um, giving her tips on setup and if she's doing a, a longer race and um, you're kind of telling her to focus on certain things. So it's like you're the kind of pit strategist and engineer ready to help yeah. her with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm a bit low level on that. Obviously, um, you know, I'm able, I know the basics. Uh, I'm a bit of a jack of all trades, master of none kind of thing. So I, I know the basics um, and I can teach her those. And I have been able to because, you know, Taylor literally knew kind of zero before she came into this. And I think this is an interesting point as well that kind of stops a lot of people getting into sim racing is that there's, a, there's normally an assumption that, OK, you're coming into it because you already love motorsport and that's why you're doing it. Right, it's a simulation of motorsport, so yeah. that's why you do it. But in reality, there's a lot of people who enjoy gaming and esports as as a hobby, and will find this being just another variety of that. Um, yeah. So she's come into it without any motorsports knowledge, uh, and that can be a bit bewildering and threatening. And you know, you look at the language that's used, uh, even for beginners in sim racing, and it's I'll take this apex and use the thrust on that. She won't know what that means. So yeah. I was able to help her with the very basics, of course, and learning mm. all of that. But it does get to a point where you kind of pass on the baton and there's a lot of people in the uh, awesome community that we've got um, yeah. who help out uh, a lot of people. Uh, and that, that really helps. You know, we've got we, we really do our best to help each other in the community. Um, and, you know, she's got uh, Dan AMR, uh, who is incredibly fast uh, and has been helping out. And also he raced with us at Silverstone and he also did a lot of racing in the more female racer series. Uh -huh. uh, and and he's 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 a brilliant teacher and he's incredibly fast. So he's been doing a lot of work with her. Uh, and then we've got Frosty Frosty Bird who helps with the i racing stuff. He tends to know a lot about that. Uh, uh -huh. We've got people helping out with the rally. Uh, so it's, it's great to see uh, little bits everywhere. Uh, I've I've just kind of done the basics and I'm I'm kind of running out of ideas now and, and moving her on to other people. So there we go. Yeah, I'll be learning from her soon. <laughs> we've actually got a question um, hmm. from Frosty Bird. There um, we go. Um, what sim do you enjoy more? I racing. Uh, my comments here. Um, where are we? Uh, what is up here? Two what's, seconds. Troubles he's starting. Yeah. Uh, it was I racing ACC, and I'm trying to find the third one. Where is it? There. It was right there, and then it's disappeared. Um, yeah. So it was I racing. Is it still there? No, it's gone. I don't know what's happened to that. He it deleted was, it. He's probably seen me talking about ACC and deleted it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. Yeah, so I think it was ACC, iRacing, and something else, unless my, my, my YouTube comments are, are, are finishing up there. Um, oh, yeah, Dirt Rally too. Um, but, um, yeah, so what was what would be your favourite? ACC or Dirt Rally? Um, well, I think the, my, my favourite is clearly ACC um, from a gaming perspective. Um, but, again, you know, I've not really got into iRacing in the way that I know you can. Um I just like I say, I just it's a little bit the the driving just puts me off slightly that you can't quite gun it. Which I guess in you know I wonder you know I've not driven a real race car, so I don't know how sensitive they are. Um, but you know a lot of real race drivers have driven that, and then other sims like ATC and said, well they they feel like ATC is a bit more of a racing experience. So there we go. Um, I think iRacing has the best business model. If you're asking what I think the best game is, I think you really were. But I think they've got the best business model. So obviously their subscription model is is very clever it allows them to keep you know developing on the same platform which is a good thing you know obviously um whereas acc might struggle a little bit with that but you know i've got high hopes for that game there's a lot to come i think yeah now thea has got a question for you uh -oh. what was the most challenging thing you had to teach me about motorsports or sim racing uh i think that's uh, who knows maybe the hardest is still to come um, I think uh, I think the, the granny hands was quite funny at the beginning, actually. Um, <laughs> the granny hands were quite funny. Um, I think that was one of the main ones. Um, so obviously at the beginning, she's racing a lot like this. You can probably see the, the thing on camera, I think. Uh, and I was trying to bring her more to a kind of nine to three position, which I don't know. I mean, I've, I've seen some races up here, to be fair, but really you want to be down here. Um, and she was finding herself every time she was racing, she's like this. And I go, put your hand down, nigga, like this. And as soon as the next turn would come up, the inside hand would creep up ready for the turn. I thought, oh, no, here we go. And then before we know, she, she's like trying to you know, do this, and it was quite cute. Um, so the granny hands was quite funny. Um, and then I think the hardest thing is, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think getting a, a later and later apex and getting a feel for a car which is on the limit, mm. I, I've not really tried teaching that yet. Um, so 
I think that would be. I, I, I think that's something I probably should have taught her more earlier. I think that's something Dan's helping her with a lot. But it's just being comfortable with the car. Once you're going really fast, like you yeah. know, the fastest people, the car is always on the edge. Obviously, right? That's yeah. that's how you go the fastest. Um, yeah. And I'm not really. Yeah, I haven't done enough of that myself in recent years, and sort of teaching her to be there is isn't easy. So I think that'd be probably the hardest job. Uh, you know, late apexes and really pushing the car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now that's a good question. Now we have another question from one of my co-hosts here. He said mm-hmm. he will disown me unless I ask the question. Who was it who introduced the pink gloves? Did you buy them <laughs> from her or did she buy them herself? The pink gloves. Um... Uh, well, I'll tell you what that was, actually, funnily enough. Um, so uh, aside from obviously getting her into sim racing, uh, I do a bit of go-karting as well. Oh, yeah. um, n- nothing crazy, just a little bit, a few times a year sort of stuff when I can. And uh, when we go, it's we always use the stuff that you get at the place. You know, you hire all the equipment. Yeah. And yeah. you couldn't tell who each other is, really. It's hard to know. You know, she's got to tuck her hair in, so you still don't know yeah. who it is, right? So yeah. I figured if she had her own gloves, and also the gloves, they always smell. And also, they always yeah. come off because they've never got a Velcro on and they're always falling off your hands when you're trying to cart. It's a nightmare. So I yeah. thought, let's yeah. buy our own gloves. And I got her some mountain biking gloves because that seemed like the only kind of viable pink option. They weren't women's yeah. karting gloves and they get quite expensive as well, race gloves. And yeah. we didn't need much. So I found yeah. very cheap uh, mountain biking gloves on Amazon. That's all they are. Uh, and I figured obviously she'd like a little bit of pink in her life sometimes. So I got her those. She had a pink balaclava as well. For the racing, <laughs> so when we're karting, you can see a little bit of pink balaclava, and you've got a pink gloves on the wheel, so you can't oh, miss her. That's uh, and that's it. how it started. So I'll t- I'll take credit for them. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> I always remember going to a race day at Knock Hill many years back in 1994, and I, I bought um, at the time uh, an old helmet I got uh, from Silverstone at the shop there, and also a, um, a balaclava. And right. this, this race day, they said they'd supply you with everything, but you know, I wanted to show that I was better than that. And I think I brought all the gear, yeah. You know, all the exactly all the gear, no idea. Um, and so I, I said, I've, I've got my balaclava on and my helmet on, and I went out to drive the single seater. And I remember one of the instructors saying, Are you sure you're going to need that? And I went, well, if it burns up, you never know, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but thankfully, I didn't, although I did cause a red flag. Lovely. Um, because I overtook somebody on the wrong side and they spun off. Uh, uh, when they uh, and I was the only one who could keep going. And everyone else, that one person went off and just stopped before the tyres, but um, had to abandon his car. Um, so they brought the red flag out after me. And I was one of the last people to get their certificate at the end of the day. They were that hey, lovely. Oh, well. <laughs> Was that a case of, it was on the track days, they say things like you can only overtake on the left hand side? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. It was really annoying. It was at Not Kill on a long street. Um, right. I, mean, I was having a really good tussle with the guy and I just got carried away and we kind of came into the first couple of corners um, and he just kind of slowed down quite early and I just jinked out to the right and I, I thought, oh yeah, I've got through and then I realised <laughs> <the, laughs> <of course. laughs> that what made me spin was that there was a, a stream of water um, on the left-hand bend and I just went on that and that's what made me pirouette um, missing everybody, um, but people crashed in sympathy, trying to avoid me so uh, that, was, <laughs> that was the thing and uh, oh, we saw the cat there the cat yeah. is on the show too. Yeah, there we go, yeah. Tony. Uh, Tony, go. the chairman, he's the term, chairman of the the term who's on channel. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's all good. He's a little Siberian. He's uh, four and a half years old, and <laughs> he's very, very cute and lovable, aren't you, Tony? <laughs> anyway, yeah. Where's your food? Oh, your food in your chin? Oh, you've been eating. <laughs> That's a fantastic and unique selling point. That's the thing, racing and cats. That's yeah, you've you got, you got a couple of the bases. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's been, in all the, the kind of moments you've had this year, I mean, you've hmm. had lots of races. You've got the, as well, Thea's been there doing a female racing championship. What would you say has been um, the highlight of the season so far? Okay, well, it's been it's been seven months. Uh, and we kind of said at the start, let's let's do this for a year and see what happens, right? Uh, I, I dare say this will probably go on long, long beyond that because of you know what we're what we're creating has been great. It's been awesome. Um, my highlight, I think, funnily enough, I mean, I'm sure there's loads and it's hard to rank them, but I think quite recently um, in the MFR series, uh, there was a point where she was in the mix with I think about four or five cars, um, all girls racing each other. I think it might have been the third race at Mizano, um, and I just thought it was brilliant. It might have been Hungara Ring actually long before it. I thought it was brilliant to see four or five uh, women on track together just racing, you know, quite competitively in the GT4s on ACC. You know how hard that is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah. I don't see they'd literally thrown themselves into it. Just like Taya had a few months before, These a lot of these girls really didn't have any experience in sim racing, again, in motorsport, some of them. Um, so that was a big challenge. Uh, and also broadcasting it and being commentated on, you know, for your first gig is not easy for anyone. Uh, so seeing them all race together, it, it kind of, you know, kind of made me realise that this has actually happened, her, her dream of getting women racing with her, which at the beginning seemed quite distant you know and there's, a, there's a very good reason why this project was started right uh-huh. um yeah the massive lack of, of women or women which i put those words uh in in sim racing uh it's a real shame and it's something obviously we're going to try and help to change yeah um so so having that moment where she was actually racing with other women uh, in a race i thought that was, that was great to see I, I guess another highlight um recently the p2 at bathurst in i racing that was pretty special. Uh, that's no joke, that race. And she she nailed that one uh, in the F3 cars. Um, and then, obviously, our 12-hour Silverstone race together was quite an epic experience. I've never done an enduro race like that. I've always wanted to. Um, and that was quite uh, an amazing experience as well. So really enjoyed those. Yeah. Yeah. And it, the, we've, we've obviously you've talked about the, the highlights. What has also been the funniest moments? Because there must have been some uh, events you've done and you've just had to laugh. Either it's gone well or it's gone terribly. Um, and you've just had to kind of laugh it off. Or what's been things that have been funny in your early experiences of sim racing, both you and for... for well, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you've got to have some thick skin, I guess. Um, you know, we did it. We we really, really chucked ourselves into it uh, when Tear started. Um, I'm sorry, I've got an absolutely dead cat here just falling apart. <laughs> he's just, he's a complete mess. I'll, I'll get off, come on. Right, there we go. Um <laughs> Yeah, it was. We really chucked ourselves into it at the start, to be honest. It was, you know, we said, let's stream. And I was like, well, let's do it tomorrow, kind of thing. And we didn't have, you know, we didn't have equipment or anything. We just had a PC, kind of got yeah. some webcams to go out. No, I think at first we used our phone because I found out on OBS you could download an app and use your phone as a webcam. We used a web, we had a phone, so we had a webcam. Um, oh. And, you know, we, we tried with that and we bought a piece of green cloth and you could green screen straight away. The cloth was like five pounds on Amazon. Right. So, um, you know, all those kind of things. Uh, we just tried to chuck some stuff together. The first day we couldn't stream because it was on uh, on YouTube. Uh, they said you needed to verify your account for 24 hours. So we streamed on Twitch instead. Which, all right. Let's just, let's just do it. We're not going to not do it. And then that was it. The next day we streamed on YouTube. She did. And. Uh, we just kind of went from there. Um, and in terms of uh, funny moments, really, um, there's been a few accidental moments. Um, the one, one time she was streaming and I stood up next to this. I was on the floor, funnily enough, in the streaming room, just sitting next to her. As I stood up, I leant on the PC and pushed the power button. Oh, no. Genuinely. Ah. just I, I couldn't do it again. Well, I probably will. No, that's not. Um, I just stood up and I kind of used the PC to get up and I put my finger in the power indent and turned it off. And she's in the middle of a race, streaming. Ah, oh. um, one time when uh, one of our friends asked her to change the the relative setting on the screen so they could see her timing, yeah. and I went to push the button on the keyboard. And unfortunately, we've got a keyboard which has got really lovely function keys along the top. Which, if oh. you don't push another button, doesn't do the F key, does this special thing. Oh. Uh, and the special thing for this key was to turn off the screen. Oh, no. Or switch the screen. So I've gone to change the relative, and she's in the middle of an eye racing race where you have, you know, loads of safety rating and stuff like yeah, that, and you can't yeah. touch anything. And I've gone and turned off her screen mid-race. And she's still driving, and she can hear everything, but just the monitor's switched off. Oh, that was good. Yeah, mind that function. Um, so there were some pretty funny moments. Um, obviously, some of the moments when she's been racing and stuff have been pretty funny. Um, you know, just the other day, actually, at, at Monza in the LMP2, uh, where she's gone through on the back straight just before the parabolica and dodged about 10 cars, one somersaulting in the air over her. Good. Uh, that's on her Instagram. If you have a look, you'll see it straight away. Uh, that was really funny. Um, well, yes, is that on our kind of adverts? They kind of play, they have a, because you, you're only one of your intro sessions on the, on the, on Thea's uh, stream. That's an old one, actually. That's very old. Uh, yeah, there's, there, but well, obviously back in the day when she was doing her rookie licenses in uh, iRacing, you would have, you would find quite a lot of that, especially in the Oval. Uh, but no, this yeah. was uh, this was when was it? Mo- Monday, a Monday it happened. You'll see it on her Instagram. So latest post, I think. Uh, but yeah, yeah absolute I mean, massacre. F- cars flying everywhere. It's hilarious, and she went straight for it. Uh, so, so that was funny. <laughs> that was pretty funny. There's always a highlight coming up. Yeah. So here's a big question for all of us who are watching, and many of us who have some form of sim equipment. Do you hmm. think that the better equipment you have actually helps, or do you think you can do good lap times with basic sim equipment? Um, 
Well, I, I guess the obvious answer is I'm sure the fastest could get out the worst equipment and do something similar to their fastest lap. Right. Mm-hmm. So you, you, I don't think the equipment really has a, a, a massive impact on times. Um, yeah, I think you could probably even use a wheel with no force feedback and two dodgy pedals. And if you gave it to the best uh, sim racer and gave him enough time, he'd probably do close to his fastest times, right? So uh, the equipment, it, it's just, it's a couple of things. Um, obviously, the the visceral impact of it, whatever you want to call it, and, you know, the feeling of it uh, improves with better, with better equipment. Um, sitting in this incredible rig that we're very lucky to have been supplied with by Track Racer um, adds a lot of excitement to it and fun. And that's... I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm not trying to win too many medals and I don't, I don't expect to be an esports star anytime soon. So for me, it's about enjoying it, obviously. Um, yeah, and, yeah. and having all the equipment that makes it more um, involving uh, is, is definitely there. Also, we've got a button box, we've got you know, handbrakes, sequential shifters, H pattern, uh, all that kind of gig. Uh, different wheels for different sports. Um, all adds to the experience. It's a lot more fun. Uh, I'm not going to say it makes you faster. It just makes the experience better. And that's... That's what you want, a better experience. So, yeah, get better equipment if you can. Why not? Yeah. Sell a, sell a kidney. You only need one. <laughs> now, of course, you've been doing the – well, the Thayer's been doing the, the all-female championship, um, and then that was in association with the Coach Dave Academy. So, SimGrid, I, yes. Yeah, with the SimGrid. Um, you, I imagine you will have met Dave, uh, David Perel as well and people like that along the way um, with Thayer. How have you found – uh, meeting these kind of real racing drivers and these kind of top sim racers has it been quite fun to get to meet them and and now regard them as your friends um yeah so i guess in that respect it's been um quite surreal it's been quite weird really um you know we've only been tez's been doing this for quite a, a short period of time in reality you know we started from very much zero um so to in that short space of time have the kind of contact that she's had from the kind of you know the people and organizations that have been in touch like david uh, and others uh, in the background as well uh it's companies that supported as well like i mentioned track racer obviously derek spear designs um people in the community as well uh, to be honest uh, we've met so many awesome people um we spoke to david a couple of times uh on facetime and so on i think we caught him just after his uh, win at spa and so on um and uh yeah he's obviously a, an incredible guy he's really driven the work he does uh, in in motorsport and the wins he gets are incredible um and then the fact that he's you know that fast in in sim racing as well um i mean it's a bit like um you know sim racing and motorsport is different so to be competitive in both of them is, is pretty awesome he does do that he's also one of the few who does that um and then what he does with the sim grid trying to get you know sim racing into more of a spotlight and give it more platforms and all the racing we do with that and obviously they're only going to grow um so when he approached us and said you know we we love what you're, what the MFR is about and we'd love to help you we were we were taken aback we really were we were quite surprised um and it was amazing to hear that it really was you know we thought Taylor was doing the right thing she thought she was doing the right thing and trying to get more women involved of course in that way uh, and to see people get on board with that was uh, brilliant so you know who knows what the future holds you know uh, in the uh the rally cup so Ted did a rally cup quite early on actually it's what got her into dirt and dirt rally uh this guy was hosting a rally cup on instagram for women only uh, oh. so she joined up yeah and it's just a simple thing he just set up a rally club and people did it and he tried to promote it a little bit on instagram and so on and through that she met a lot of rally drivers because most of the females doing that were real life rally drivers yeah, um, yeah, and then she started to interview them through her show. So she was doing her, her her stages for the rally each week, and then after that, she would do interviewing one of the girls from the rally. Um, and she interviewed, I think, five or six. Uh, met girls from all over the world who do rally co-driving and stuff like that. You know, they're like, yeah, I rolled a car a couple of times, landed in a tree, stuff like that. Uh, and seeing all these women uh, and so on and chatting was just brilliant. And she met a lot through that. And then, of course, the amazing women she met through the MFR series as well. Yeah, uh, it's been brilliant. So yeah, m- really met so many uh, awesome people. It's been great. Well, that would be super. You have to pass them on our way because we'd love mm. to get them on the show um, and uh, to do more interviews with them. Because that's the thing. I think the great thing about sim racing is it's it's opened up a market for people who love motorsport and who want to get involved. And so maybe maybe they've watched different types of racing or rallying, and they think you know it, it's expensive to do it in real life. It's expensive to even go and watch it, let alone try yeah. and take part. But with sim racing and with games. You can actually have a great time 
and and have a go. And it's I think it's great the fact that I think a lot of motorsport fans have taken up sim racing, whether they're just doing it for fun or they want to do it better, because they know it gives them a bit more of the action. And until yeah. we can start going back to watch races properly, uh, once the coronavirus is, has hopefully gone, then you know it, it's a great fill-in as well to kind of um, keep our appetite for motor racing and rallying going. Um, of course, you were at Brands Hatch not too long ago for your birthday, and how did you find that? Um, that was that was an incredible experience. That was amazing. I've never been to a, a major racetrack before. I don't think. Certainly not that springs to mind. Um, so that was amazing. Um, yeah, I'd never been near proper race cars. The only time I'd done that was when, I don't know if you remember a long time ago, the F1 cars went around Regent Street in London and so on. Oh, around yeah. Two, yeah, yeah. around yeah. 2006, I think that was, if my memory is good enough. Yeah. Um, and I, funnily enough, was working in uh, Barclays Bank in Regent Street. I managed to get up onto the third floor balcony, watch them go underneath. The streets were completely crowded and insane. Yeah. We managed yeah. to get just above it, actually, in Regent Street. Um, oh, wow. And the noise from that was almost unbearable. I was like, that was loud. Uh, <laughs> and that was obviously, you know, the V10s and the V12s yeah. and all that going around. That was a bit mental. Um, yeah. And then sort of fast forward to, to Brown's Hatch. That was my birthday. Uh, obviously, I was 21. Uh, so <laughs> so Brown's Hatch was the other week, a month ago now. And that was brilliant. Uh, they did a reduced entry. Uh, we got tickets. It seemed fairly uh, quiet, to be honest. Uh, we were lucky because we could walk around all of the tracks. So you, I think you said you hadn't been to that one, but um, I've not been to Brands Hatch, no. Right, the inside layout obviously you've got that kind of forest. Uh, we're yeah. just walking around that. It's very beautiful. We were very lucky with the weather. Uh, it was just sunny all day, despite saying it was going to rain. The forecast was rain, uh, and we didn't get any. Uh, literally, we had the darkest clouds go overhead. Uh, nothing. Yeah. So that was good. Uh, but the weather was obviously beautiful. Uh, the, the racing was. Not really that intense, obviously, because it's historic and, you know, that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, the 50s and 60s F1 cars were probably my favourite in a lot of ways. Really enjoyed that. The noise was just yeah. pretty special. Uh, the 60s and 70s Can-Am and GT cars were brilliant. The Lolas and so on, they were fantastic. Yeah. The yeah. Minis were brilliant fun. Just the most fun. Obviously, Taylor's a massive fan of these. I, I saw a yeah. picture of them that you put up on your Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> And the minis are brilliant. And then obviously the, the later F1 cars, the 80s F1 cars were just, uh, the noise from them was, yeah, perfect. So yeah, really, really great day. Couldn't couldn't have it better, really. Um, quite different, I guess, to what uh, a lot of other motor events would be in terms of, you know, if you went to a big major track on a major race day and watched a couple of major events and, you know, in the morning and afternoon, this was a bit more of a laid back affair, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's always great to see a motor race for real um, at a circuit, wherever, wherever it is, it just adds... Um, such a kind of, um, you know, you get the smell and you get the atmosphere and you get the commentators coming over the radio and all that yeah. kind of thing, you know, and it's uh, it's great fun. And then the build-up of it all goes. Uh, I went to see David Perel race um, last year at Silverstone in awesome. May when he did the, the Blancpain uh, Championship. And that was fantastic because I'd actually won a prize with Renault. So I went there for lunch and had all the kind of stuff and, um, oh, nice. and the drives to some of their cars, the Renault Megane just on the, on the road outside Silverstone, which was great fun. Um, mm -hmm. And then they put you up and then um, I had a chance to see David on the grid walk because they allowed us to go into the grid wow. um, during the build-up and that was fantastic. Oh, yeah, I'll be up it for was, that. Yeah, It was a sunny day and although there wasn't a huge amount of people watching, it was still just an incredible atmosphere going on to the circuit when the cars are actually there and right. the people are there and all of that. You know, I, I kept kind of out the way because I thought, Last thing I want to do is distract somebody when they're, you know, kind of um, there. I let them talk to their engineers and all the things that they were doing. But it does. There's something very special about going to a track, um, and I re recommend going to some of the bigger stuff if you can, because um, yeah. like the Grand Prix. Done that this year, so there you go. Yeah, I know it's one of these things that we all had hopes to try and do it. Have you ever been to Goodwood to the Festival of Speed? That How was something I've been wanting to do for a while as well. Again, I've never really done anything like it. To be honest, it's always been kind of a bit of a view from afar um so we'd love to do goodwood always wanted to see the hill climb happen for sure um so yeah we'd love to do that in the next few years without doubt uh, and get a load of the community down as well get everyone to come with us that'd be good well that's the thing it's it's great fun um we i've been there a few times and and it is brilliant the best thing to do just for the noise of it is to when the formula one cars the older v8s and v10s um are, are coming out you go to the formula one paddock and they all they bring them out and they kind of put them up in front of the hedge. If you go to the other side of the hedge, you get a little bit of protection in terms of the sound. But one by one, they'll start them all up. And the year I was there a few years back, 
they had the Red Bull, they had the Ferrari, I think they had a Toro Rosso, um, and they had oh, it was a, a Renault. A Renault was there, and one by one they started up, and oh, it was like music to your ears. It was <laughs> the most incredible thing. Um, Oh, Tara. How about Jam Roly Poly? Yeah, it's fine. Oh, there's still two minutes left. Really? Uh -huh. Amazing. Sorry, Hugh. I just had this flashback to a pudding that had been ruined. We've got Jam Roly Poly is Tara's favourite dessert. And um, it often, if you, you know, it's like Jam Roly Poly. If you ever cook it, it's, it's, it's gone, right? You can't ever do that. So there we go. Cool. I lost it there. Wow. Cool. That was, I know that's funny. One, one of my, my other co hosts, Jonathan, said that I got into Daytona Speedway in Florida as a senior citizen, and saying oh. that's a true fact, and that was back in 2008. Nice. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what, that would be something special, going to an American Speedway. Obviously, they do things very differently over there, um, and you see it, you know, you've got, like, obviously Indianapolis is a big one, but, you know, that bowl where you can see the whole of the racing, and, you know, they're coming past at 220 or so mile an hour, and the noise and the speed is, uh, yeah, I can imagine that spectacle is really quite something. Well, so, you should get a trip to Florida when it's when it's back to normal. Would definitely be worth it. You can actually drive one of the Daytona cars. You know the kind of the, the Days of Thunder style yeah. V8 thing. At, at the time that this was a few years back, for a hundred and fifty dollars, hmm. you can drive one of those things round the track. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, it's kind of crazy. Um, but uh, I mean, I don't know how fast they let you go and what they let you do. But it was it did it, it was a proper um, driving day, you know, arrive and drive. I'm sure and, it goes a lot faster than you would take it. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that would be that would be the kind of crazy thing. Um, mm. But I think that the best experience I ever had was um, I saw the European Grand Prix at Donington back in 1993. It was my 18th birthday. Oh wow! Um, and I saw Senna win in that incredible race. Yes. Um, we were at the back hairpin. Um, and by the time he came round, we'd heard he'd gone back at the first corner. And then yeah. when he came to, to, to the hairpin or to, to the, the, the kind of the chicane, um, he was up in the second place. Um, yeah. And then when he went down the hill and we went out of sight, and then when he came back up the hill, he was ahead of Prost. Um, and that was him leading. And after that, it was absolutely crazy. Um, and the weather was horrendous. It was raining yeah. and it was dry and they ran out of tyres. And so that's the thing. When you can see a big motorsport event like that, it really, it kind of... Yeah, it, very it, lucky it, to have been there, I guess. Yeah, well, of course, that was the, the lap that Murray Walker said that was his favourite lap, you think, or kind of favourite race, or, you know, the, the, the start of a race to go from seventh um, at the first corner to then be leading by the end of it, then in lap one. Um, yeah, a lot, of people, a lot of people put that race in their top 10, top five. So, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, and no, it was quite a thing. And the noise was incredible um, because when they, drove, when they drove past as well, you could see the gear changes, you know, because obviously now you've got semi-automatics as they had mm. in those days, but the cockpits is so much higher that, you you know, you can't really see the drivers so much now. You just see the helmet really and that's about yeah. it. Yeah, those days you saw the shoulders, you saw everything. <laughs> and when they would drive past us, when they pulled for the gear change, you literally saw the, the head move, you know, as they did yeah. it. It must have been a raw and ragged experience of driving, right. you know. Very physical. How do you feel? Because you've got such a range of, of uh, driving experience. You know, Obviously, Thea does Formula One and rallying, all these kind of things. Mm -hmm. Do you think the games are giving a more realistic experience now? Um, depends on the game, to be honest. And obviously, I think um, they are going to get more and more realistic. I think the obvious thing, I don't know a lot about this, to be fair, Hugh, but I think the obvious thing would be, as I mentioned before, computing power. Obviously, modern PCs can do quite a lot. And so they're going to be able to do more and more of the physics of a car and the road in the game, right? So uh, the simple answer is, yes, they can be more accurate. Um, I think there's obviously that, that kind of element, that art, that human part, where you've got to be able to translate uh, whatever a computer can do to what feels like actually driving. Um, mm -hmm. The obvious thing is you don't get G-force, right? I think we, we sometimes forget that very quickly. You're in yeah. a sim rig, you don't get G-force, and G-force is a big part of driving in terms of what you can feel uh, and the visceral experience of it. So, you know, knowing when the car's slipping and all those kind of things, you just don't get that with a wheel. So you need sometimes the wheel to do, come fake some effects for you. Yeah. Um, so that, that's not that realistic. It's a different thing, ultimately. It's not the same thing. It never will be. Uh, motion simulators are great, but I know a lot of people that kind of installed them and then don't use them so much because, you know, it's a, quite a faff in the end. Um, so it is a different experience simulators and they are, they're only going to get better um, yeah. but I think there's also a point where we have to argue what are we trying to simulate in the end and stuff and, yeah. and obviously you know, transport and motorsport will change in the future so I guess what we simulate in the future will change yeah. Um, yeah. 
you know, I, I don't know how far ahead New World's going to go, but I guess we'll maybe we'll end up just virtual racing anyway, ultimately, one way or another. So, yeah. yeah. You, wonder, you wonder where yeah. it's going to be, if it'll be right. hydrogen power or if it'll be fully electric. Um, all these kind of things um, that, that, that are happening, isn't it? But how do you feel about motion simulators? Have you ever tried anything like that? Yeah, well, uh, we were lucky enough when we went to Browns Hatch, the, there's a race room area at Browns oh, Hatch. Yeah. And they've got a couple of motion rigs there. At first, we didn't. We just used, um, I think it was Fanatec belt-driven wheels. And then after that, we tried another one where we used a motion rig as well. Yeah. And... Um, I don't. I know there's the thing about degrees of force or function, or what you want to call it, or feedback. Two, three, four, six, all sorts of. There's, diff, there's lots of different types and ways of doing uh, motion platforms, uh, yeah. and I've only tried one. Uh -huh. Right. So I think. Um, so I know. Obviously, if you if you go to an expo, you get to try a few. Obviously, there's no expo this year, but maybe hopefully next year we could do something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've tried one. It was good. Uh, it's a. I think it was a little bit distracting. It's obviously not perfect by any means, and if there's any lag, that can make things a bit awkward as well because it, it's not doing what you, you think it is, right? Yeah. Um, the thing I really enjoyed was every time you brake, obviously because you, know, you need to brake quite hard, um, it leaned the chair forward, uh, yeah. which gave me a nice support for my lower back. So every time oh, I was braking, it's like it's pushing the chair forward for me. Yeah. So I like that part of it because it simulates the, uh, the G-force of braking. So I thought that was quite useful. Um, yeah. It was fun, you know. You're, you're bouncing around a corner and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, it just yeah. adds a bit of fun to it, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I don't think the neighbours would be very impressed normally with uh, <laughs> platforms in in London flats, but uh, yeah, it was good fun. Aye, because uh, that was the thing. I've I've seen race room equipment. They they had a stand at Goodwood a few years right. ago, and uh, and it was great. And I thought it's a great setup actually because it's pretty much arrive and drive. And they, they do it all for you. And they had the normal simulators at one side, then they had their motion simulator yeah, at the same, end. Same big, yeah. And they, and it was it was impressive and it was quite it was very affordable as well. It wasn't it was a you know, it was a very good value yeah. deal overall. I mean it was certainly a good with whether it's gone up a bit since they in the last wee while. Um but no, it seemed to be like a really um uh, great kind of anyone could just turn up and have a shot and see what it like uh, see what it's like. Um, I actually played one at Renault um, on the same day at Silverstone last year. They right. had a, a, a Megane 280 set up on this, but it was a bit like the the the, the rate of motion was kind of crazy because you, you were you were almost at it felt like 90 degrees as you went. Oh right, okay, far too much, um, too and you much, felt yeah. really, unrealistic. Yeah, I think it was just too much because you know, the car. This is a you know it was, it was supposed to be a track car, um, and you thought <laughs> even if you're coming in, it was it's not going to roll like a Fiat Panda. Around the bend, you know, like a smart car, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I thought it was going to roll over, maybe like on sea wheels, like a reliant wow, Robin. Okay. You know, but, um, it was too much, especially when you break yeah. and just I've, I've heard that criticism of it. Um, I've heard of quite a few because you know, I follow all the sim racing forums on Reddit and Facebook and everywhere else, and and I've heard quite a few people say that a very good butt kicker is, is better in some ways. So, uh, you're aware, butt kicker is like a big, I think, like a oh. subwoofer. Uh, that you put oh, under right. your seat. Um, there's, there's a few different brands, but I think Butt Kicker is the most famous. Uh, yeah. It's like, effectively like a speaker. And there are programs for it that read in with the sim racing games to give out data. Um, oh, and I think the main idea of it is, and I've not, I've not used one actually, is obviously like um, going over curbs uh, and impacts and things like that puts an incredibly yeah. strong vibration through the seat. Ah, right. And right. apparently that, mixed in with the wheel and the feedback, it can yeah. help with lap times in terms of, you know, you're going over the curve now, you'll feel it go right through you, like yeah. very strong frequency. Um, and I've heard a few people say that um, using a very solid butt kicker uh, system, uh, nicely tuned in, again, a lot less hassle than motion rig or that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. And that gives you a nice level of uh, detail and feedback. That, so I'd be interested to try a good butt kicker setup at some point. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, no, that sounds good because, I mean, I think it's been the motion sims have not really taken off like I think a lot of people thought they would in the same way as VR. You know, uh, VR hasn't really taken off at all in the way that I think the PlayStation lot thought it, it would do because it was a big launch of VR. You know, you had the headset and the whole thing. And I think a lot of people felt quite sick after they had played it. But, you know, it was not the not the outcome they were hoping for. But, uh, um, but yeah, so it's, I think people prefer either wearing a normal a normal headset to whether streaming or whatever, or just, but certainly the VR hasn't taken off. I wonder whether they'll have to kind of work on that in the future um, or just yeah. the kind of standard setups. Yeah, there's a, I think there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, we had a VR headset for the PC. We sold it. Mm. Um, I think it's quite interesting, actually, because you, you say that and it makes me think of, there was a film I watched a few years ago. Was it, was it Ready Player One? 
Um, and everyone in the film is wearing VR headsets and dancing around in their houses. Everyone. Everyone's yeah. wearing a VR headset. And that's the future. And I thought, what rubbish. Wearing a VR headset and dancing around your living room, that lasts five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> what people actually like doing is sitting down for long periods of time. We can't yeah. stand for long periods of time, but we can sit with, you know, a controller. Yeah. We can sit at a desk with a keyboard and mouse. We can even sit in a rig for a good five, six hours, right? It's, it's easy yeah. and it's comfortable. But yeah. you start putting on a headset, and within 20 minutes you're sweaty or feeling sick or yeah. your cables get twisted or it's hot. It's, mm -hmm. it's quite uncomfortable. Um, we had a VR headset because I really wanted to try it. We had a strong PC. That was part of the reason I wanted to do it. And I wanted to do VR racing, right? I could see it's yeah. looking pretty special. Mm -hmm. um, uh, there was a lot of complications with it. Some of it was brilliant. It's very involving. Some of the games we really enjoyed, some shooting games and stuff were fantastic. Yeah. Uh, there was one game uh, which was like the, the Half-Life thing from Valve, uh, Boneworks, where they did like a little testing lab for VR where they had very complex guns and objects and physical things that you could move and play with. And yeah. the sickness problem, it's a killer. Yeah, uh, yeah, And it's a real killer because I was okay with it, but there were certain games in certain ways you could move and you'd be like, ooh, within a second. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's a weird... Obviously, it's a lot to do with the brain and eyes. I don't understand. The middle ear, your balance, all that stuff. Yeah, but yeah. there were certain experiences in certain games you could do one thing and you just want to throw up right there and then, right? Um, and then other people are much more susceptible to it, of course. Mm. Much more susceptible. Um, so, yeah, the, the killer for me was knowing that after a VR experience, you'd be feeling rough. And the problem with motion sickness is it doesn't go, right? It's yeah. there for about two, three, four hours sometimes. Uh, and that very quickly starts putting you off the idea of putting the headset on again. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. I've heard a lot of people say, oh, stick with it. You'll get used to it and so on. I, I'm sure you would, but it's a lot of, it's a lot of hassle and a, and a brilliant screen and a wheel. To be honest, is it's so much better, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's good enough. I mean, yeah. So uh, VR is great. The technology will always improve, which I think is useful. Um, yeah. But uh, there's a there's a few reasons why I don't think it gets adopted. I think uh, we'll have things implanted in our eyes and our spines long before we have big headsets stuck <laughs> on our faces. So yeah, ask, Elon, ask Elon; he'll tell you it's implants. Are we sticking implants in us? There's no point in putting big headsets on. <laughs> You can have that. I think I'll turn that one down. Thanks. Oh, you, you might not be a choice. There you go. Yeah. You might not be a choice. <laughs> I'll have to go and emigrate to some tropical island somewhere. Well, I mean, would yeah. you like to have the internet in your brain, Hugh? Uh, no, no. no you could do any calculation. You could speak any language. You'd know yeah. every fact. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, it's, yeah, still a no. But, uh, <laughs> Now, here's, here's a comment we've got from Jonathan. Simulators with motion sensors just can't handle sustained G-forces. Um, the aircraft ones are great for regular flying and simple emergency training, but cannot replicate the more extreme maneuvers. And Jonathan's a, actually a, a pilot. Um, wow. so it says he uses the, you know, they go to the big Boeings and they, yeah, yeah. one of the big simulators um, that cost thousands of pounds to, to use. Um, mm. So, yeah, so they, even they, I mean, they're incredible because they're on, all these air pressure things. Yeah, and, the big pneumatic ones, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's quite a it's quite a thing, all the a thousand buttons when you go inside and dials and everything else. Yeah, so it's interesting how that will how that will go forward. I just think that even with the, from the, the track racer um, sim that you've got there, which is very, very good indeed, and then the, the competition that you had for the, the V-Rig racer, I thought that was amazing. Yeah. yeah, that's incredible, that thing. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. for sure, because I think that, that one, because um, I, I, I love to have the option of, of doing different types of racing on rallying, and that one you can just change and, and make it as to what you would like, um, yeah. which is brilliant. Uh, and it's relatively inexpensive. I think it was about a 1,000 euros to, um, yeah, to buy one. Yeah, that's what I saw last time, yeah. Yeah, which is really so for about eight hundred and fifty quid. It's actually a bit of a bargain for what you can what you can use. What would be your ideal setup um, if you could have a kind of no expense um, spare um, be your kind of sim rig that you would like? Uh, what would be my ideal setup? Well, I was I was talking about this with Ted the other day actually, and and to be honest, we're I mean we're incredibly lucky here. I can't say we're far off it really. Uh -huh. um, obviously, you know we haven't got load cell pedal, so yes. Some low tail pedals would be lovely. Um, so obviously it's the pressure you're applying rather than how far it's pressed, right? So low tail pedals would be lovely. They're more accurate. Um, they, I've used them a few times now and they're, they're always nice. Um, the wheel, it'd be nice to have a direct drive wheel, which gives you more force, um, but also doesn't really have any issues after long periods. 
So yeah. obviously a big problem with anything that uses a belt is it can get hot because of the friction and so on and, and the yeah. lag in it. So uh, a direct drive wheel would be lovely. Uh, we've got some lovely steering wheels. I really can't complain about any of these, uh, to yeah. be honest. Uh, top notch. Uh, the gear shifters, we've got a top notch. You know, We've got an incredible handbrake and so on. Um, this seat is a bit of a catch-all seat. This is a, you know, a big seat and I'm not the biggest guy. So I think a seat that was fitted to me would be ideal. You know, obviously race drivers, they get fitted into their seat, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think a seat fitting for the rig would be quite special. Uh, that'd be an ideal rig. And then I think for the screens, I always said I wanted an ultra wide, right? Yeah. And yeah. I kind of get the feeling triples would be right. quite special because I've noticed one thing with the triples is obviously they come to the sides a lot more than a curved. Um, and you get the peripheral vision. Hmm. And, and when you see people using the, the side panels, it really whizzes past you. And I think that would create much more feeling of speed. So yeah. I think I like the idea of having some side, some you know, triple screens that really come sideways a bit to put you in it. And one yeah. thing I've noticed people doing on Reddit is putting something over the top, like a blanket or you know a wood covering, All right. All right. to make All right. it feel like a cockpit. Yeah, so really yeah. add to it. Yeah. So I think that would, and then maybe some aircon at that point. Yeah. Uh, so I think, well, you get people with the blowing fans. Have you seen yeah, that? That, the fan blowers? They look interesting. Uh, chuck yeah. some of them in. Why not? Um, I think that would be me. Oh, and a really good pair of gloves, obviously. You guys have some good gloves. Uh, I think that, oh, and a top PC with a new graphics card. Um, <laughs> and 30 of my friends in a lobby on ACC. Um, yeah, something like that. Well, that's what they're supposed to be bringing out, isn't it, on the updates of ACC? Bigger bigger private lobbies are the things. Oh, well, in, in, okay, what, for console we're referring to? Or? Um, I think for the PC version, are they not? In, okay. Uh, I don't I know. For the PC, you've got a cat there. Watch out, by the way. Um, you, he's literally under the wheels. Um, we are uh, sorry, trying to kill the cat over here. Um, we, I'm not sure how it works because for the PC, we we always uh, use lobbies that are configured privately. So, or, or indeed we, we hire one at the moment. So I, I know with a console system, obviously, because okay, you can't use a PC to configure a console server. I don't know how that side works at the moment. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was the thing because I'm hoping to eventually be able to 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 join you when I get my PC ACC working properly. Of course you can. You'll be able to join us. You. We can't wait. We can't yeah. wait to have you in the races, mate. So yeah, get your PC sorted. If you need any help with the PC, there's a million people in our server, and I'm sure you know loads of people as well who can help you. Um, and then do some laps and and join the back of the track. You love it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's the thing because it's great fun. And uh, just from playing ACC uh, earlier on, it's it kind of it really gets you into it, and it's a much more um, it gives you the realism. Uh, and I always find that if I go back to GT Sport after that, I tend to be quicker because it, hmm, it, it, yeah. what you learn from ACC you can carry over um, into GT Sport uh, much better, um, which is which is really good. Uh, well, look, it's been absolutely fantastic having you on the show tonight, Jeff. I really appreciate it. I know you've got a very busy schedule um, and it's been lovely to have, to have you there. We haven't heard Thea in the background. I honestly thought we'd hear she, her. Uh, she's been too busy listening, I think. Uh, stuck in probably take away. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Thea, do you want to come and say hello quickly? Thea? We'll see. She might. She yeah. might. She might, she might well, pop in and say hello quickly. But that's that's the thing. And of course, next week we've got David Perel on the show, um, which will be fantastic. Looking forward to that. Um, oh, hello there we there. are. Hello. <laughs> I was just fucking the cat in the other room. Giving the cat some love. He needs a lot of attention. He's just that's the way he's built. There we go. Cool. Well, hopefully we're we. Oh, I'm based up here in the Scottish Borders, um, and we have the Jim Clark Motorsport Museum now. That has that's it was launched last year, um, oh, and it's a huge building, and it's got a, an old 1960s simulator. It's a proper replica of the of the Cooper, uh, the kind right. of the kind of Cooper racing car um, that uh, Jim Clark raced. Um, it looks like it's had an accident because all the wheels are off. It's just a kind of Hub in the kind of middle of it. Um, yeah. It's great fun, but we're hoping that when things get back to normal, and obviously we have the Jim Clark Rally back again, that we're going to have a sim race, um, and we're going to try and get some of the big sim racers like your good self um, and Thea and people like Super GT um, and others to come along and to take part because I think it's a you know we've got the the, the celebration of Jim Clark um, and the old kind of the historic value of motorsport heritage. But also the newcomers, all the new guys that are at the cutting edge, which really yeah. I think sim racing is a part of. So as that grows, we'll hope to, it'll be wonderful um, to have you up at that. Uh, I know we've got people interested. We've got people like Tijney and uh, Rory Alexander, you know, um, here he is. Yeah. Um, he's quite keen to do it. Um, hopefully, um, the Key 25 as well. But um, it would maybe be a, a fun trip for you to come up. Oh, yeah, the... just up the road from uh, London. We'll pop up. Yeah, it'd be yeah, great. Um, miles. Yeah, yeah, no, we'd love to do that. I mean, it's, it's, it's quite weird, um, Hugh, because, you know, Taya started this uh, channel. She started it, uh, you know, at the beginning of February, end of January, before COVID was a twinkle in our eyes, right? 
and um, since she started and started building this community, we've not really been able to do anything face to face, go to any events, go to yeah, exhibitions, yeah. some racing, or, or do these things. So, yeah, it's kind of weird like that. And we are obviously hoping that when things are a bit less uh, impossible in that way, we'll yeah, we'll yeah. plan a lot and we'd love to you know meet lots of people and see and do lots of things like that for sure. Yeah. So yeah, yeah keep I'm sure coming. Do a great race up here. Um, it'd be mm. fantastic fun, and you're always welcome up here in the Scottish Borders. Uh, Thank you. It's, uh, it's uh, it will give you a warm welcome. Um, mm. We travel. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. But um, no, that's brilliant. Well, look, thank you very much for coming on the show tonight. And to all our viewers and listeners, stay, stay on the line there just now, Jeff, before you go. <laughs> and I'll have a quick word with you afterwards. But for all our viewers and all our listeners, remember that next week we've got David Perel coming on at nine o'clock live. So you don't want to miss that one. Make sure you've got your questions ready. And of course, on Monday um, at nine o'clock, we have my good self, Fat Man in the Cheap Sim racing on GT Sport, although I might do something else. I might surprise you with a different game on Monday night. But thank you very much for all your comments, for all your great questions. And of course, thank you to Jeff Colcloth, the man behind Thea, the Amazonte. That uh, It's great to have you on the show. And our motto here at the end of the car, sim and race driver show, as always, is drive fast and try not to crash. See you soon. Take care. And bye to say. Voilà.